This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I'm in the right place where the Spirit of the Lord is there's liberty there's freedom there's worship there's healing amen hallelujah you say well I don't have any need well you need to pray more amen there's deeper places to go there's higher realms to go into if you don't need something what do your neighbors need What do you need to bring to your neighborhood? What do you need to bring to your family? I mean, listen, it's not just about me and myself. Amen. All those around us, they need the Lord. They need to know about His name, His power, His grace, His blood, His word, His promise. Hey. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the people of the living God. In case you didn't know, He's alive. <laughs> he came up out of that tomb. He's ascended on high. He sent the Holy Ghost. I'm with you back there, brother. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen, if the people of God can't be free, who can be? Amen. If we can't be free in Father's house, where can we be free? Amen. Listen, God's not given us a spirit of timidity. Well, I don't want to get too loud. I might offend somebody. Well, some people need to be shook up a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. You remember what you remember what the older brother said, didn't you? What's all this commotion in Father's house? I don't know if God. If that could be said everywhere, but you know, I want, you know, I'm not talking about just some fleshly thing, but I'm telling you what, you know, sometimes we have to prime the pump. Sometimes we have to step out in faith. Sometimes we have to begin to worship God and declare things, even though our flesh says, man, I want to go home and go to bed. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. You know, Christianity, listen, it's supernatural. Jesus was born supernaturally. He came into the earth supernaturally, a virgin birth. That's never happened before. It's never happened since, and it'll never happen again. It's supernatural. His death on the cross, the shedding of His blood, it was supernatural. It paid for our sins and our deliverance and our healing. He was raised up from the grave. That was supernatural. He ascended into the heavens. That's supernatural. He sent the Holy Ghost. That's supernatural. And we're supposed to live supernaturally. Well, it won't hurt to encourage you a little bit. I get to my message, maybe. (laughs) But this is all part of it. Because today we're going to be talking about the divine presence of the Holy Ghost. And listen, that changes everything. If the Holy Spirit can come upon you and live in you, and you're still the same, I'm telling you what, you need to check up what spirit you got. He's not a spirit of depression. 
He's not a spirit of fear. He's not a spirit of doubt. He's not a spirit of hate. <laughs> Amen. Well, turn to 2 Corinthians if you got your Bible there. They'll probably put it up on the screen. I want to welcome you to Passion Church. If you're visiting today, met this couple back here. So good to have you guys. God bless you. Patrick and Debbie, glad to have you. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Listen, the divine presence of the Holy Spirit. You know what? Listen, He's not only with us, but we're going to read here. Paul says that the dwelling place, place where God's address is on the earth, it's no longer, it's not in Jerusalem. It's not in Nashville. It's not in Springville. Amen. It's not in Broken Arrow or Tulsa or wherever. You know where it is? It's right here in us. Notice what Paul says here, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. What, <clears throat> what agreement is there between the temple of God and, idol, and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. The temple of the living God. Amen. He living in us. That means that there is movement. Anything alive is moving. It's interacting. Isn't that right? It, it's breathing. It's, it has energy. It has movement. It has thought. And that's the Holy Spirit in us. He's not just a holy hitchhiker. Hitchhiking through life with you. He doesn't need a ride. He's come for a reason. He's come to dwell in us, to empower us, to change us, and to use us. Amen? That's an amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. As awesome as He is, as powerful as He is, you know what? The least member of the body of Christ, you can put the brakes on Him. Now that's just... That seems to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nobody can stop God from moving. Well, there's a sense in which that's true. But there's another sense in which the Bible talks about, you know, you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is so many Christians, they're not even really aware of the Holy Spirit except in a theological way. You know, once in a while somebody says something about the Holy oh, yeah, yeah, third person of the Godhead, yeah. Well, listen, He's the God that we are having uh, to uh, fellowship with. He's the God that talks to us, that guides us, that teaches us, that empowers us. He is dwelling in us. Let's, let's make it personal. Say this with me. He is dwelling in me. He is dwelling in me. Woo! This changes everything. Woo! Man, I'm telling you. The way you get up in the morning when you remember this and know this. The way you face adversity when you know this. Tests and trials when you know this. Sickness and lack when you know this. It's all the difference in the world. Amen. Amen. He is, we are the dwelling place of God. Now Paul said in Ephesians 5, he said, he said that we are to be filled with the Spirit. Well, if we can be filled with the Spirit, he's writing to born-again Christians, that must imply you can be less than filled. Otherwise, why, I mean, if there's only one level, why would he say to the Christians, be filled with the Spirit? They would already have as much as there is. Hello? See, <clears throat> well, you know, there, we, we believe in one baptism of the Holy Spirit, but many fillings. 
You know, we are leaky vessels. You know, it's kind of like somebody says this about their automobile. Well, you know what, Pastor? I don't know why my automobile ran out of gas. I filled it up in 2015. I had a full tank of gas. Come on. But you hear people, well, man, I tell you, I, man, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues back in 2015 or 19 alt and what. But now they're as dry as last year's bird nest. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Jesus said out of our innermost being, there's supposed to be what? A continual flow of the rivers, rivers of the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled with the Holy Spirit so much that it's flowing out of us and getting on other people. Come on. Amen. I want to talk about three changes. There's many other. I mean, we obviously, you could never exhaust teaching, preaching, talking about the Holy Spirit. So, but I just want to cover three things today. Purity, power, and prayer. Purity, power, and prayer. When the Holy Spirit fills us, He comes upon us and fills us, these are things that He is going to begin to work in us. Purity is the first thing, because he's called the what? Holy Spirit, isn't he? He's the Holy Spirit. That means what? He's going to produce what? Everything produces after its own kind. You want to know what kind of spirit is operating through somebody? Just look at the fruit. Amen? Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. Isn't that right? If you see somebody going around and they're depressed, well, that's not the Holy Spirit motivating them. Amen? Somebody that's, that's full of fear, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit motivating them, is it? Somebody that's crude and rude, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Amen? The Holy Spirit don't go around talking about people. <laughs> I could meddle real quick right here, couldn't I? Come on. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit believes the best in people. And if he is motivating you, he's going to motivate you. The first thing in purity is he's going to help you to, to look at people through the eyes of God. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said this Sermon on the Mount as we refer to it. He said in verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Those who allow the Holy Spirit to fill them and to begin to work His purity in their life, you know what they see when they look at people? They see God at work. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I see this wrong with that one, and this is wrong with that one, and that one's wrong with this one, and that one's wrong with this one. And they need to get their act together, and they need to straighten up. That, that, listen, that's not the Holy Spirit prompting you. Come on. Somebody one time told me, you know, that they had, they had the, the, you know, the spirit of, you know, of being able to correct people. <laughs> I told them, I said, that's no special gift. That's called the, that's called, that's called the gift of the critic. Amen. It's easy to see what is wrong. What's our whole news, the whole news cycle, what's it about? What's wrong in this nation? What's wrong in this nation? And if you listen to them, they'll convince you that, you know what, this nation is going to hell. They'll convince you that everything's wrong, that everybody hates everybody, that there's no love anywhere, there's no faith anywhere, God's not doing anything. You better be careful what, you, you know, what spirit you're listening to. 
We need to be sure we're tuned into the Holy Spirit. Amen? And purity is one of the first things that He brings to pass in our life. Uh, look over in uh, Titus. Titus chapter 1. Right over after Timothy, 2 Timothy. Titus 1. <clears throat> Let me find my scripture here I want to look at. <clears throat> I think it's one. Let me find it here. Yeah, 15. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. See, the, the, the critic, to the critic, you know, nothing's right. Everything I look at is crooked. Won't you the church is crooked. The government's crooked. Come on. This verse is crooked. That's everything. But he said, to those who are pure, everything is pure. When the Holy Spirit is moving through us and the love of God is, is flowing out from us, you know what? When we see people, we don't see what, everything that's wrong with them. The Bible says that love does what? Covers. It doesn't say love exposes. Well, I'll tell you, did you hear what so-and-so's did? You say, oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're so quick to want to grab hold of what's negative. But if the Holy Spirit's prompting us, if the Holy Spirit's filling us, if the Holy Spirit's motivating us, what? We're going to see what? So we're going to see God at work. And if we don't, we're going to cover what we do see in prayer. Amen? The Bible says that we who are strong are to bear the infirmities of those who are weak. Amen? We cover. We lift up. We intercede for. Amen? We, we, we allow the Holy Spirit working through that purity to, uh, to enable us to see the potential in other people. What could God do if I prayed? What, how, what, what kind of, what kind of uh, uh, diamond in the rough is there right there in that person? If I just come alongside and begin to put something into them and begin to pour something into them, begin to let them know that there's somebody that believes in them. Boy, we got enough critics in the world. Lord have mercy, don't we? Man, if, you, if you've been like me, you've been walking in this Christian life for a long time, man. Like I said before, I've been criticized by experts. You know, they know how to cut you down to size. Amen. Hallelujah. Purity. So purity. God's nature revealed through us. You know, when we look through God's eyes, you know, we only see God at work. This is what he said, the pure, the pure in heart. Some people, I mean, they're they looking for every little pimple in the body of Christ. <laughs> Come on, every blemish. But God says he's working in his church. He's going to present us without any blemishes, without any spots or wrinkles. How does God see the church? He sees us in Christ, doesn't he? He sees us complete in Christ. Yes, He's still working on us, but how does He see us? He sees us as He is making us. 
He sees us in Christ, without spot, without blemish, hallelujah, without wrinkle. <laughs> the older I get, the more I believe that, without wrinkle. <laughs> God's nature, part of purity is God's nature revealed in us, isn't it? And we see this in Galatians 5, you know about the fruit of the Spirit over there. That's God's character being produced in us, isn't it? It's purity. It's purity. It's God's character. It's joy. It's peace. It's love. It's goodness. Amen. It's faithfulness. God's mercy is flowing through us. Amen. Who is it that condemns? It's God who justifies. So I'm not going to condemn you. You know what I'm going to do? If I see somebody, I'm going to show them the way out. I'm going to say, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way Jesus said, walk in it. This is the way you can be free. This is the way you can reach your full potential in God. This is the way to be filled with His Spirit and have the divine presence of God in your life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even on Sunday. See, some people got a Sunday Holy Ghost. You know what I mean by that? They're full of the Spirit on Sunday. But by Tuesday or Wednesday, their tank's running low. Hello. Now, I mentioned this before. We've we got to be careful that we do not grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. Now, how do, how, look over in Ephesians. You're right there close. Ephesians 4. Now, obviously, we know you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit if you're living in sin. Okay, so I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to overtax the obvious. But here's what Paul said that maybe is not quite so obvious that he talks about. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of re redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Get rid of that rage and anger and temper. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Brawling, I hope, it, hope surely we don't. I mean, he's writing to a spirit-filled church. He says, y'all stop brawling. Woo. <laughs> wow. Thank God we ain't had no fist fights in here. And we ain't going to have none either. Brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate. So if we're not kind and we're not compassionate, we can grieve the Holy Spirit who's living in us. That's the reason some people never hear the Holy Spirit say anything to them. That's the reason some people never sense the, the witness and the guidance of the Holy Spirit because what you've grieved Him so much. I've said this before humorously, but it's the truth. You know what? You can't come up to me and say, Pastor Doris, boy, I really like you. I think you're, you're the greatest, you're the best. But, man, I can't stand your wife. <laughs> I just checked out right then. You just lost me. But yet, we want to tell God, oh, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, you're wonderful. But we hate our brother. We're talking about this one. We're talking about that one. Come on. We won't forgive this one. We won't forgive that one. Oh, but I love you, I love you. I mean, isn't that right? You might as well come up to me and tell me, you know what? I like two of your kids, Pastor Norris, but I'm telling you what, so-and-so, boy, I don't like him at all. You just lost me. But yet, that's what we're doing many times 
Because we're treating that person for whom Christ died, for whom He gave up His life, for whom He suffered unimaginable suffering for that person, and we treat them with contempt. Hopefully that's nobody here. We're kind and compassionate. We're forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. I'm telling you what. Now, I know some of you, you did God a favor when you came to the Lord. But some of us needed a whole lot of forgiveness. And Jesus said, he that's forgiven much loves much. And he that loves much will also forgive much. Amen. Not only will I forgive much, I'll forgive you. <laughs> so purity. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Listen. Je- listen. It's not likely Jesus is going to come down and appear in a vision from you. He can. He might. It's not likely. There's no promise for it. That's just, uh, you know, if God does that, wants to do that, He can do that. Wonderful. But I want to tell you what. He's given us the Holy Spirit. God in the earth, God living in me, God living in you to teach you, to guide you, to show you things to come, to fellowship with you, to change you from the inside out, to give you victory over darkness. But I'm going to tell you what, if you treat him like, you know, I ain't got time for you. I watch as his stomach turns. <laughs> or whatever it is, or I'm busy. You know, I got to work 90 hours. Well, maybe if you fellowship with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to work more, you know, He might cut that work hour down to a 40-hour week. Because the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and He adds no sorrow to it. Now, I'm all for working. Don't misunderstand me. Amen. The Bible says, he that don't work, don't eat. Amen. <laughs> so, purity. Third, second, power. This is usually when we think of the Holy Spirit, this is what we think of. Is power. The power of the Holy Spirit. Power. Releasing divine power through our lives. I'm going to say it again. The Christian life is supposed to be supernatural. Now here's the thing. See, some people think the supernatural is only happening when something spectacular is happening. See, boy, I, boy, I, love, I love it when God does spectacular things. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I want to be. I'll be right up first in line. I'm all for it. I love it when God moves that way. I love when the supernatural, miraculous, the spectacular happens. I mean, man, if it was up to me, I'd push whatever button that was. So we, every time we come together, that's what would happen. But the Christian life is supernatural, even when it looks like nothing much is happening. Are you listening? The Holy Spirit wants to teach you. He wants to guide you. He wants to work in you, release His power in you. Amen. That flow out of you. Listen, and He didn't come. That power is not just for you. He said that power is so that you could be a witness. Well, what are, you, what, are you supposed to, what are you supposed to be a witness to? Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead. That's what that power is about. He said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is what? Living in you. Well, is he? 
Acts 1.8, we already know that. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be, what, witnesses. So the first reason for the power of God coming on you is, what, to be a witness. To be a witness. The Holy Spirit will give you boldness. He will give you courage. He will, he will give you a word in due season to witness and speak into people's lives. Sometimes He will give you insight into their lives so that you can speak to them. And man, I'm telling you, all of a sudden it just opens their heart. It crumbles the defenses. And they're ready to receive. But here's the thing. If we're not walking with the Holy Spirit and we're not allowing that power to flow through us, you know what? We're not going to be effective witnesses. We're going to be intimidated. And you know, that's what the enemy that's what he works at, isn't it? He wants to intimidate you. He wants to intimidate. He wants to work through uh, societal uh, uh, venues and avenues. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to shut up the body of Christ. He wants to intimidate us. He wants to put us in a corner. Put some tape over our mouth. He doesn't want us speaking out. Amen? But listen, we need to be bold in our witness. We need to be bold in our praying. Now, the Holy Spirit's power here, as a, re, a teacher of truth, the Holy Spirit's the only one that can give you the right understanding about this book, the Bible. Now, you know, I'm here, and I, I, I endeavor to teach you and, and encourage you and all, but listen, you, you listen, if all you're getting is what you're getting here on Sunday morning, you ain't getting enough. <laughs> Amen? Eat one meal this week and see how that goes. Then next week, do the same thing. Do that for a year and see how strong you are. You won't be able to get out of bed pretty soon. But yet many Christians, the only, only food they get is on Sunday. That is if we can get them here. If everything's just right. Come on. Oh, boy, don't get me started. Listen, people, we got to rise up. I mean... What do you want? You got a nice, comfortable building. It's air conditioned. You got a nice, soft seat to sit on. Man, uh, I've been places where, you know, uh, the, the church uh, was just a dirt floor. And either they, they sat on planks or they stood the whole time. And all the kids was in with all the adults, along with the chickens and the goats and everything else. And I mean, I'm telling you, by the time you got through, it was so hot, everybody was soaking wet. Come on. But yet, you know what? The place would be packed. He's a revealer of the risen Christ. Listen, transformation is only equivalent to the revelation you have received of Jesus in His finished work. Now, see, you can be saved with just John 3, 16. But if you want to be transformed, if you want to be filled with power, if you want to be useful for God, then you need to have the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal Jesus to you in a greater way, in a greater dimension, as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, as the healer, as the deliverer. Amen? As, a, as the, the conquering Savior and King. 
with all demonic forces under your feet. You need, and listen, not just know about it up here. You've got to know it in here. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But listen, how much class time are you giving the Holy Spirit? Now, I know some people in here, man, you, some of you got more degrees than a thermometer. I applaud you. That's great. I'm all for education. That's great. But, but what about the education of the Holy Spirit? Amen? What is it that you, you think you've learned it all? Have you arrived? Are you, I mean, you're just, I mean, you just, I mean, you're about to be raptured. You're going to be Enoch the second. There might be more. I know the biggest room in my life is room for improvement. It's room to know more. I need to know more. I'm thankful for what I do know, what I have learned. But there's more to know. There's more of Jesus than I have yet tasted. And I want more of Him. And I want Him to work through me. Don't you? I know you do. Well, listen, that doesn't just happen just because you want to. That's the starting place. But you've got to give Him some time. You've got to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit and wait on Him. You've got to get in this book, get in prayer, listen to the Holy Spirit. Let Him open up and reveal from this book so that it becomes alive in you. He's a living God. Jesus is a living Savior. He's not a historical Jesus. He's not just a book Jesus. He's a living Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, when you know the truth, what will it do? Hallelujah. Boy, I want to get so free. Woo. Free, 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 free. Amen. Free. I want to be free. Don't you? I said, don't you? I want to be free from wrong attitudes, free from any judgmentalism, criticism, free from fear, doubts, complaints. Uh oh. Whining. Complaining <laughs> about the government. <laughs> Come on. Boy, that's, a, that's, a, that's gotten to be the American national pastime. As a strengthener of our inner being, uh, turn over there to Ephesians real quickly. Ephesians 3. The, now, listen. You probably already are, but let me just encourage you. Look, especially in the epistles, the prayers that Paul prayed. Man, I'm telling you, we need to be praying them for ourselves and for one another. Say, Pastor, how can I pray for you? Just go over there in those prayers in Colossians, Ephesians, Corinthians, Philippians. You pray those for me. Man, I'll be doing fine. Woo, that's what I pray for you. That's what I pray for you. I pray these prayers, I pray in the Spirit, but I pray, pray these prayers. Notice what Paul says. He says, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit. How's He going to do it? Through His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in your innermost being. That's your spirit. You know where we need to be built up? In our spirit. You know, see some people that are bodybuilders, and that, that's fine, that's good. But I want to tell you what, the more importantly is we need to be built up in our innermost being. The Holy Spirit has come, and He wants to build us up. Amen? Listen, as you eat the food of the Spirit, God's Word, the Holy Spirit 
will take that food and the nutrients of God's Word, wherein is faith, wherein is healing, wherein is liberty and truth, He will begin to build that into you and into your life. And you grow strong in the Lord. Amen? He will build you up, strengthen you. Some Christians, bless their heart. I don't and, I, you know, I'm just speaking in general, but I, I've run into Christians. Bless their heart. I mean, that, you know, every time you see them, they just about had it. They've just about had it. I mean, I talk to them. I mean, pray for me. I, they've just about had it. I mean, everything trips them up. Everything bowls them over. Every wave that comes across their boat's about to sink it. You know what I know? You're not strengthened the way you could be by the Spirit of God in the inner man. Amen? Somebody's always having to jump in the water and fetch you out. Amen? But, you know, we need to get strong. So when the tests and trials come, they don't knock us down. We can stand our ground. When we say, no, 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 this is not, not going to defeat me. Amen? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The strength and the power of the Holy Ghost is at work in me. I'll not be defeated. You can't defeat me, devil. You're defeated already. Instead of, come on. We need to get strong. I'm not saying that we, need, we don't need one another. Certainly we do. But we need to be strong in ourselves. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm telling you what, when things come against me, I don't, I don't run and try to find 19 people to pray. I get in my prayer closet and do my own praying. Ooh. Come on. <laughs> it's a divine enablement, I already mentioned that, to witness and to overcome our enemies. Look real quickly, because we're going to talk about the last one real quick. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Oh, the Holy Spirit will help you. If you're not having the Holy Spirit help you pray, God bless your heart. How are you doing it? I said, how are you doing it? Prayer, prayer without the Holy Spirit is hard. It is. It's hard. How are you going to pray for everybody? Amen? We're going to take up everybody that's in the church. We're going to take up all their needs and all their prayer requests, and we're going to ask you to pray over all of them. Come on. I said, but, Pastor, that's your job. No, it's not. It's our job. Okay? If you take the why off, then you got it right. It's our job. Listen, as an intercessor himself, as an intercessor, I tell you, I said Ephesians. Let's turn over to Romans real quick. We'll get right back to Ephesians. You can hold your finger there if you want to. Romans 8. But as an intercessor himself, the Holy Spirit is, is spoken of throughout the Scriptures as an intercessor. He's interceding. He's an intercessor. He's one who stands in the gap. Amen? He stands there. And you know what? He can teach you how to pray. He can help you and empower you to pray more effectively. Amen? That's what it's all about. Now, look, look here in Romans 8 real quickly, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Hallelujah. And when the Spirit intercedes, he goes on to say, and we know all things will work together for good. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit knows how to intercede. And more importantly, he is in tune, of course, because he is God. He is in tune with the Father God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows exactly what the will of God is in any moment about anything or anyone. I mean, he's in the know. He is in the know. He knows exactly what needs to be prayed for, who needs to be prayed for, when they need to be prayed for, how they need to be prayed for. But see, if we're ignoring the work of the Holy Spirit in this area in our life, then we're praying out of this thing right here. And we need to pray with our understanding, yes, but more importantly, we need to pray with the Spirit. Paul said, I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. Amen. But my understanding has a place where it is limited. Because I don't know everything that's going on in your life. I don't know everything that you need. I don't know everything you're facing. I don't know what's, I don't, unless the Holy Spirit shows me, I don't know what's coming down the road for you. But see, if you get alone with the Holy Spirit and begin to fellowship with Him, begin to let the Holy Spirit begin to teach you how to pray, you know what? He will not only teach you how to pray for needs that you know about, but He will show you and begin to instruct you about praying about things that haven't even, haven't even come on your radar yet. Because they come on His radar before they get on your radar. Amen? Usually by the time they get on our radar, we've, done, we've already taken a torpedo or two. In our boat, you know what I mean? But see, when they're on his radar, I'm telling you what, before, I mean, before the enemy can get the torpedo out of the chute, he's already telling you how to pray so it ne- never takes place. He'll show you things to come. He'll, how does he do that? He does it in prayer. Well, he don't know, show me anything. Don't go talk and telling on yourself. Holy Spirit never talks to me. Don't go telling on yourself. Just, just nod your head out there and say amen. We'll all think you're right there with us. <laughs> amen. You can be. I said you can be. Look at 1 Corinthians real quickly. How you doing out there? 1 Corinthians 14. I don't have time to get into this today in detail. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Verse 2, he says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And then look down uh, in verse 15. Well, we'll back up to 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. See, if you're going to have a successful prayer life, you've got to be able to pray both ways. And the Holy Spirit's the only one that can help you. Listen, He helps you with your understanding too. Don't misunderstand me. He absolutely does. He can bring to your remembrance. Jesus said He will bring to your remembrance. Amen. Sometimes I'm praying and the Holy Spirit will all of a sudden, the sword of the Spirit's there. Because He will bring a scripture to mind. 
He will bring a passage to mind and say, okay, this is, use this now. So I pray with my understanding. And absolutely the Holy Spirit can inspire that type of praying. And you can have a rhema word, a now word for a now situation that you're praying for. And we should be praying that way. But we also need to learn that we need to pray in the Spirit. Those of us who are filled with the Spirit, we speak in other tongues. Listen, the place where you ought to be speaking the most is not just on Sundays. It's in your prayer closet. It's in your prayer closet. That's the place where we need to be praying in the Spirit the most. That's the place where we need to tap in to the divine flow, the Holy Spirit as our helper. You know, over there in Romans 8 where it says, The Spirit helpeth. I love that word uh, helpeth in the Greek. It's a compound word, and it literally means this, to lay hold together with against. For example, if I was going to move a heavy piece of furniture, and I said, Jeffrey, come over. You might come over to the house and help me get somebody being strong if you're going to move something. First rule. He said, sure, Pastor Norris, I can come over. So he comes over, you know, and, and I said, okay, we're going to move this p- piano. You wish you hadn't said yes now, don't you? <laughs> and so I said, great, Jeffrey, man, hop to it. And I'm going to sit over here. And I'm going to watch an episode of Gunsmoke while you move that. <laughs> you ain't got that moved yet, Jeffrey? <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way we think the Holy Spirit is going to help us. No, he says, lay hold together with against. Now, when, when we both, when he comes over to help me, he's expecting that both of us are going to lay hold of this thing and work together to move it. That's what he's talking about. This is how the Holy Spirit works to us in in prayer and intercession. As we begin to pray, the Holy Spirit lays hold together with us against that need, against that trial, against that lack, whatever it might be. He lays hold together against us. But listen, if I'm sitting over there in my easy chair watching gun smoke, he ain't laying hold together with nothing. Amen. I don't need any help to rest. Ooh, I got that down. I, you know why I need the help is what? When there is something facing me that's bigger than me. Something that looks like it's going to overwhelm me or somebody I know or a brother and sister or whoever it may be. But all of a sudden, when I begin to get in my prayer closet and I begin to pray and I pray what I know to pray, but then I switch over and I begin to pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to lay hold together. And he who knows the mind, the will of God is going to, what? He's going to lay hold together with me. And he's going to enable me to pray that thing through. Ephesians chapter 6. I've got to start winding down here. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to just pick it up in verse 17 just because the sake of time. He said, take the helmet of salvation. Now, you know, he's talking about the armor of God here, and he's talking about that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits and so forth. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Now, notice immediately following this, said, and pray. Take the sword and do what? Pray. 
take the sword, cut up your brothers and sisters. I got a surgeon's ministry. I'm going to cut that out of you. No. (laughs) The sword of the Spirit is what? It's for prayer. It's to use against the principalities and powers, not our brothers and sisters. Amen. He said, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Keep on praying. (laughs) Well, the only way you can do that is with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because the flesh gets weary. The flesh don't want to pray. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know your flesh don't want to pray. No, my flesh wants to watch gun smoke. <laughs> you know, I'm just using that. You, you can fill in your own blank there, whatever. You might not watch TV all. might be something else. But anything that will distract my flesh is all for that rather than praying. That's what I'm getting at. You understand that. So he wants us to be effective prayers. God wants us to be able to pray. You know, James said this. He said, he said, the effective prayer of a righteous person releases great power. Well, listen, Passion Church, we need to generate some great power by the Holy Ghost. And you know what? This would change everything. If we would just allow the Holy Spirit who's dwelling in us to produce His purity, to release His power, and to, and to work with us in prayer. We work with Him in prayer. What a, it would change this nation. It would change our world. And it would first start by changing us. This would change everything. The divine presence of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer today, listen, the Holy Spirit is in you. And you know what? You can be empowered by something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Acts 1.8. We see this happen in the upper room, didn't it? In Acts 2. It says they were all of one place and one accord. Amen. <laughs> I don't know how they all got them in that little car, but they were all in one accord. Just kidding. Some of y'all, <laughs> you just woke up. What? <laughs> And it says, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell, didn't he? And he said, he, he fell, and he, he, he filled each one. And everyone that was filled, they began to speak out, to glorify God. They spoke out in other tongues, and other languages. They glorified God. We see it again at Cornelius' house. I mean, Cornelius, bless their heart, they didn't even wait for somebody to give the altar call. How rude. You know, we, but you know, I, I think God put that in there especially because we get, we get our little pattern, we get our little box, and we think this, okay, this is how God does it. He doesn't do it any other way. And just about the time we think He doesn't do it any other way, He does it another way. And we go, wait, 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 wait. I thought we had to lay hands on the sick. Jesus just spoke the word, and somebody got sick way over there. Wait a minute. (laughs) Don't put God in a box. You can anyway. Let me ask you a couple things. We're going to pray here. Are you conscious 
of the divine presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Is he, is he someone that you, you, you're conscious of? Not just Sunday morning when we're all in here and everything's wonderful. But what about Monday morning? You're at the job, the boss is he's letting you have it. Come on. Maybe you're a teacher and those students are acting up. Amen. Or whatever it might be. You know, that's when we that's when we need the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Isn't that right? That's when we need to be conscious and aware. And you know what? You can cultivate that. I didn't talk about that today, but you can cultivate that. How do you cultivate a friendship? Stay to yourself. Every time they call you, you hang up on them. Every time they suggest about getting together, I ain't got time. That'll make you a lot of friends, right? Huh? You want to be friends with somebody like that? Yeah, you can't be, really, can you? But that, what do we do with the Holy Spirit? I mean, what if, what if you had a friend that the only time you heard from them is when they need something? I need, wouldn't that make a wonderful friendship? But yet, how often is that what we do with the Holy Spirit? We ignore Him until we're in trouble or facing something. Listen, cultivate friendship. Spend time with Him. Spend time with Him. Do you rely on Him daily as a guide and a teacher? Listen, He wants to help you. Listen, He wants to help you on the job, not just in a church service. I mean, really, right now, what are you facing here in a church service? Amen? Nobody's threatening you. Nobody's going to rob you here. Nobody's going to do any of those things. I'm telling you, where we need Him is out there in the world, isn't it? That's where we need Him. We're out in the, in, in the world where we're dealing with people. We're dealing with situations. We're confronting demonic powers. That's when we need Him. Sometimes, you know, I think the church, we, we've only cultivated His friendship enough that when everything is perfect we're aware oh he's here oh and i'm going to meddling now haven't I? so cultivate your friendship with him amen would you bow your heads a minute i'm gonna pray for you father father we love you we bless you father father we need to know the holy spirit we need to know Him. Holy Spirit, we want, we want to know You. We want Your friendship. We want to walk with You. We want to talk with You. And more importantly, we want to hear You speaking to us about our lives, about our families, our kids, about our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, about our nation. We want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. We want to know what's on your mind, Lord. We want to be used by you, Father, not in some big public way, but in the prayer closet where the Holy Spirit lay hold together with us. We pray. We bring heaven down in the lives of people. We, we bring revival to our nation. We we see what you're wanting to do. We see with your eyes. We're sensitive to you. Father, uh, we receive strength and encouragement. 
boldness to go out and be your witness. Father, we want to know the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you. We want to walk through this life with you. We want to be conscious and aware of you, God. I thank you that we will purpose that we're going to do more. We're going to make more of an effort to cultivate that friendship with the Holy Spirit. Sensitivity of heart. Discernment by the Spirit of God. Spending time with Him. Spending time with Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, listen, the Bible says that Jesus went to Calvary, a place called Calvary. He hung on a cross. He shed His blood. He took the sins of all the earth, your sin, my sin, and He paid the price. And on the third day, He was raised up from the dead for our justification. The Bible says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's very simple. Just in your heart, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that He is the Son of God, that He paid the price for your sins, that He's been raised up from the dead. And you ask Him to forgive you and to come into your heart, in your life, and make you new. Make His residence in you. He'll do it. I said He'll do it. Hallelujah. If you're here, you say, Pastor Norris, that's me. I need to do that. I just want to add my prayers to yours. My prayers won't save you, but I can add my faith to yours. Your, your faith is sufficient to save you. If you're here today and you've never received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your, to your children, how much more will the Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So if that's you today, you need to receive that. Uh, as soon as I dismiss the service, I'm going to be up here, and I'll be glad to, to pray with you. Brother Bruce, we'll be glad to pray with you. We'll be glad to pray with you to receive that divine enablement of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, you, you have a need, a physical need, a healing in your body. Would you just stand right where you're, where you're at? We're going to pray for healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all their trouble, their distresses. Hallelujah. Listen. Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases just like He did your sins. And by His stripes, you were healed. So I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. You agree with me. The Bible says, when we pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. You believe, you receive, and you shall have. Now, Father, right now, all in this room, people are, are not only standing, but they're reaching out in faith right now. They're reaching out in faith, and I'm adding my faith with theirs for healing in their body in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm speaking to bodies to be healed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Blood disorders, 
muscles, internal organs to be healed, made whole in the name of Jesus, backs to be made whole, joints, so oh God, to be made whole. We speak against arthritis in the name of Jesus. We speak against every blood disorder in the name of Jesus. We speak against COVID-19 in the name of Jesus. We speak life and health and strength and vitality to your body. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. Be made whole. Now, believe that you receive. Believe that you receive. By faith you receive. Don't matter how you feel. By faith you receive and you shall have. The lepers were healed as they went. Amen. Believe. Faith is the evidence of what I don't see yet. It is the title deed of what I don't see yet, but I know this because I got the title deed, I shall have it. It is mine. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All that He did in this book called the Bible, He's still doing. He's still doing. I said, He's still doing. He's still doing. It is Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.